0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, the podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. the guy who beats his freaking mic when giving his intro. Every single time. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: I long for an episode where Alex doesn't punch his microphone, but we all, you know, come to the table with compromises. (laughs) It Um, is what it is. (laughs) It's okay, I've been holding my microphone for three months because I simply refuse to figure out a good place to put my microphone arm like I should. And I probably will invest in like a stationary desk arm that I put on top of my desk. Mm -hmm. Um, But until then, such is life. This is so
1: inside baseball. Our audience. There's no there's two people in our audience. I mean, that actually probably is too many people. There's one person in the audience who's like, "Okay, writing this down."
0: Writing this down. <laughs> um, but let me tell you, from the last three months of holding my microphone, I don't recommend it. All those podcasts that do that are hold microphone podcasts. No, I don't get it. The, my my arms are tired i'm always checking to make sure i'm talking into the correct side of the microphone my wires all dangly like this is not a good setup like i want to be clear about this we've i've had to go through a lot of setups because i've moved a lot of times um right now i don't want to say this one's the worst because i did have a setup where my microphone where my entire setup was on a tv folding tray um mm-hmm. So that was probably the worst. I was on a TV folding tray in my brother's closet.
1: That's nuts, dude.
0: Um, but this one? I just What's that? I just
1: I just don't, like, understand. Because you hold your mic, and that's what it's going to be like for the foreseeable future until you get your arm. The people, there's a couple things that I don't know. I n- watch too many podcasts. I don't know how they do it. I guess you have to have a really good sound engineer who don't know whether or not they're peaking.
0: Oh, yeah. They just,
1: like... I'm constantly looking at the sound waves and be like, where am I at? Am I loud enough? Am I not loud enough? Like, so the fact that you would just hold your microphone and just talk and be like, ah, someone else will figure this out <laughs> is crazy, bro.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Or maybe they're just not bombastic people and the potential of them peaking is minimal at best.
1: I mean, I guess, but I don't know. I like the way we do it, bro.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's just go ahead and let's just jump right into it, shall we? Um, This week, we are talking about The Whale, a movie with Brendan Fraser that came out last year. Um, I feel like this is going to be one of those where we're going to beat around the bush of spoilers. But in case you're worried about risking it at all, uh, you can skip to this time code right here for the next segment.
1: Time code, 28 minutes, 11 seconds.
0: Okay, so... I want to do a little bit of prefacing when we for setting up context for this movie. Um, I named this movie as my favorite movie from 2022. and I stand by that. Um, and I'm going to have to look at the mirror and specifically talking about eighth grade a few weeks ago, how we yeah. discussed like seeing yourself on screen is not enough. It needs to add a little bit more and I am self-aware enough to come up to the table and say a good amount of why I like this movie so much is because of my personal resonance with the subject matter. But I also want to say that um, there was something that I mentioned during the 8th grade review that I think also explains why I like this movie more. So... A very quick premise of this movie. Brendan Fraser plays a character named Charlie, who is 600 pounds, I think they say. And basically, the start of the movie is his nurse friend saying, Your heart is giving out. You, I would be surprised if you made it to the end of the week. And so, the movie is Monday through Friday, effectively his final week and he knows that so he is trying to reconcile with his daughter who is played by Sadie Sink and he is trying to unearth the spark of goodness that he knows is inside of her Um, and that part right there that trying to unearth the goodness that I think is the biggest motivator as to why I like this movie so much
1: yeah, so this movie, I'm gonna be a little objective here. is a little slow. Oh yeah, it's a little slow. There are parts that are straight up hard to watch. I don't like watching people be mean. Like it's one thing to be evil and have bad things happen to people because you're evil, but when a quote like his daughter is not nice, but like she's a teenager and she just is mean, bro. And that is just, like, so hard for me to watch because, like, it's something you rarely see in real life. Is like, it's not, it's not passive-aggressive. It's someone calling another person disgusting. And I'm like, golly, bro. It's, that was so difficult for me that I had to pause and be like, what? I do- is the whole movie going to be like this? It made and, me so uncomfortable.
0: And what makes it even more difficult is how easily... Charlie brushes it all off. Like she is like actively slaying, She is actively saying slurs at him and he's just like, Hey, you're a teenager. You're better than this. And I believe that you'll get there. Yeah. And his he, and response is like, like,
1: he's a genuinely such a nice person and he's so tenderhearted and he's very caring. And I'm like, I, it's so hard, dude. It's so hard to watch. Um, but the movie is a little, it's two hours. Um, it's a little slow. I think the first 50 minutes are interesting, and then the last hour is captivating.
0: Yeah, so the first hour of this movie is kind of just, it's establishing Charlie, it's establishing Liz, who is the nurse friend, and it's establishing Sadie Sink's character. Ellie. Ellie, thank you.
1: And and then Thomas, um, who's played yes. by Thomas. Ty Simpkins.
0: Yes. So um, this is a one, two, three. There are maybe seven people in this movie. Two of them you have under five minutes of screen time. If we're not including students. Which I don't even think they're credited in the movie. So it is a... And also, it all takes place in the same location. The entire movie takes place in Charlie's apartment, 95% of it in his living room. So it's a very closed set it has a very small cast like this movie is based on a play and you can tell yeah Um,
1: i didn't know it till afterwards i'm like oh yeah this is an easy adaptation
0: and going through the trivia um it says that darren aronofsky um made the aspect ratio of this movie um four by three instead of 16 by nine Mm -hmm. um To help encourage the feeling of not necessarily claustrophobia, but like that feeling of like being boxed into a single location. Um, The aspect ratio was made purposefully to help achieve that feeling. I don't know if it accomplished that goal. Like I started the movie and I'm like, oh, this isn't in a full aspect ratio. It's probably just for the title card. And then the movie starts and I was like, oh, I guess not and that was the last time i thought about it um but i think something that like i've always enjoyed about this movie is like the respect that everybody is bringing to the table when it comes to handling um a subject matter like this yeah because at no point is other than his like i'm trying to charlie's weight is never discussed as an amoral action except for like a little bit towards the end but that's kind of a, a culmination of a lot of other things but yeah. like liz says like hey i'm worried about your health but like nobody's like hey you're a bad person because you couldn't control your weight um right. I and- think
1: more people it's evident that's just they feel bad for him that he has to live like this or that he's acting like this but no one's like, you're a bad person. They're just like, i I feel sad for you.
0: Especially as he discusses why it it goes on this way. Um, it's very easy to be like, everybody has their vices. You just have a vice that shows. Yeah, dude.
1: Speaking crazy. It's nuts. Um this movie okay so it also in trivia and i saw in a couple reviews darren aronofsky made a movie called the wrestler i talked about this earlier on the podcast a while like earlier this year um these movies are very similar um in a couple ways so you have a protagonist that has a serious heart condition uh the wrestler uh which is mickey rourke who is a professional wrestler like wae style um who's like dealing with heart issues um he had, like, a fall from fame. He used to be Randy the Ram, um, but now he's, like, doing smaller shows. And then he also tries to rekindle his relationship with his daughter, who does not like him because he left. And then both movies end kind of ambiguously where you kind of know what happened, but, like, you don't know for sure. Um, and both the characters are, like, very kind and it just isn't enough. So... I think these just are two different lenses of like, this is obviously a common issue. These are two, how two different people view it. But like that's evident. My thing is in this movie. This is just genuinely how I feel. Brendan Fraser acted world-class this entire movie world. It's if I would have been mad if he didn't get an Oscar for this performance. It's insane. The movie as a whole is a normal movie. Yeah. I think it's a normal movie. Um, I don't think it, Covers anything that's never been covered before Um, you get to see you know relationships everyone's had like strange relationships that's been talked about in movies you've had people who are separated that's been covered in movies Um, there's there's a couple topics that don't come up often obviously how this movie handles obesity is different how this movie handles like a religious missionary as a main character that was definitely different but I feel like everything else I'm like we're pretty much we pretty much know what's going on Um, Yeah,
0: I would say that Thomas, that the missionary you're talking about, had the most unique arc in this movie. Um, Yeah,
1: that was weird.
0: Because Because
1: usually the unique arc belongs to the protagonist. This is a side character who's going through crazy development.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so Thomas is this missionary who... um,
1: Saves his life in the beginning of the movie. Yes. Essentially. Yeah but the um, like first five minutes
0: and his whole arc is like, I got kicked out of my previous mission because I disagreed with how it was being ran. So I stole the money and came over here. Um, but now I'm running out of money and Charlie is my last hope to save somebody. So this crime that I committed would have been worth it. Right. Um, and it was very interesting to, like, look at him because, like I said, the entire success of this vigilante mission yeah. now depended on whether or not Charlie would convert or not. Not even convert, but just, like, bite. Um, yeah. And as Charlie gets, like, closer to death, Thomas becomes even more desperate And then there's a point in the movie when Thomas no longer needs to save Charlie. Like he's able to go home and not face any consequences for what he did. And in his final scene with Charlie, like it is, I would say a very intense conversation between the both of them.
1: Uh, yeah, Uh, for sure.
0: Because, um, Thomas is like, Hey, you know, your boyfriend killed himself because he was not following the Lord, there is still a chance for you to not suffer the same fate. And as soon as anybody, no matter what their walk of life, starts blaming a dead loved one for anything, the gloves come off. Um. Yeah. And uh, that was um intense, to say the least.
1: Yeah, you get to see Charlie stick up for somebody, and it never happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, he immediately apologized to say, yeah, I the line of like whatever whatever like lines were crossed on both sides so no one's charlie has this thing where you just apologize for everything and it makes you feel so bad for him because that's his like coping mechanism he needs people to like him he just like is just apologize for everything liz is a dope character i love her she's probably my i mean outside of charlie she's better than everybody else she's insane she's so good
0: Um, And she is the, she, I would say she is the only character that you feel mad at Charlie for how he treats them because, um, Charlie, you know, accepts a lot of Liz's help and you know, that's, that's their friendship. That's how they, you know, that's the relationship they've established, but there's a point in the movie where Charlie is like, Hey, I'm going to give Ellie $120,000. And Liz freaks out because she's like, I thought you didn't have any money. My truck broke down in the winter and I had to walk to give you your groceries.
1: And, and he I'm was like, like, well, I offered to pay for it. But she's like, but I didn't think you had it. So I wasn't going to take it from you. Also, this the crux of this movie, comes up over and over and over again, is he could live longer than a week if he just went to the hospital. Yeah but he's not going to go. And one of his main arguments he tells people is because it's so expensive, but he had the money to go and quote unquote, get better or at least get professional help. And he's refusing to do it.
0: And I, and that mindset boils down to, Something I really resonate... I don't want to say this is what I resonate with, but it was one of the hooks that I latched onto is his idea of, like, this has always been for Ellie. This has always been for my daughter. Like, when I watched it the other day, you know, when I watched it for this, like, the moment... The first moment that broke me, like, really emotionally was... It was one of the times, one of the many, many times that Ellie is storming out of the apartment is um, as she's walking out. Charlie is just like in a mess of tears, sobbing, and he's just kind of like yelling to no one. Like, I want you to be good because I need to know that I have done at least one good thing in my life, even if that one thing is you. I need to know that, that like you will carry on and be good without me. Um, and that theme really comes to a head end of second act, start of third act, and it just carries through the rest of the movie. And that's kind of what we were talking about of like the last half being the captivating part because it really opens up Charlie's um emotional width. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So there are emotional scenes in this movie. I, and this is well documented, am a sucker for parents and in the relationships with their kids. Yeah. It gets me every time it got me before I have kids. Now that I have kids, it hits me like a ton of bricks, bro. So there's, there's scenes that made me feel strongly, which is like that one where every time she storms off and he's like, I'll, I'll take it. Don't worry about it. And I'm just like, that's not how this is supposed to work. But you're just desperate to get something from her that that's good enough for you. And I just felt so sad for him. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's as good as it gets, and that's how strong like your kids' love is. That and how much you love them is you're like, whatever it takes. I don't care if you hate me, but as long as it keeps you coming, that's like crazy. So that was like, holy smokes, this movie's crazy. At the end, when he's just telling her that, hey, you're perfect. You're amazing. And then she starts crying. I'm like, oh, what is happening?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't yeah. like this. So I, I got emotional for that part. That's what I'm, I would say the last 30 minutes. Um, like right when his ex-wife shows up, that's like, that's the third act marker for me. And the whole third act is awesome. I just think the reason this isn't going to be like my favorite movie ever is because the first two acts, although there was good acting um, I wanted more from the secondary characters. I wanted, um, a little bit better dialogue. It was believable, but I needed, I wanted movement. And if this felt like a slice of life, almost movie where like, this is all very realistic. I love it. Um, but this needs to be going somewhere. Um, yeah, and, and but I mean like I- freaking Brendan Fraser, dude, his, his acting is insane.
0: So, there is another moment from this movie that, like, I want to highlight because it really depicts um, the gravity, I think, of, like, Brendan Fraser's performance as well as the active depiction of someone who lives like this. Where, like, I think at this point in the movie, I think it's, like, Thursday for in this scene that I'm about to describe. and. Okay.
1: Every scene, by the way, audience, um, every day has a label at the bottom. So say Monday, and when the day ends, you'll see Tuesday come up next. So that's how they mark time.
0: So I think this scene happened on the Thursday where he's been having a good week. um, Or like he he was in a good mood. And he was like looking up about like how things are going. And... Um, he has this relationship with the pizza delivery guy and they like chat through the door sometimes, but he waits until the delivery guy leaves to get the pizza. So that way he, he doesn't get seen by the pizza delivery guy. Right. And on this day, the pizza delivery guy goes, he Brendan Fraser watches him past the window.
1: They've also goes, introduced each other. So now they know each other's names. Yeah. Dan, um, the pizza man, Ask him how he's doing, ask him if he needs help, and Charlie's like, oh my gosh, what a nice guy. He's actually talking to me like a person.
0: And um, so the pizza delivery guy supposedly walks away. Charlie opens the door, gets the pizza, and he the delivery guy is standing there off to the side, like eyes wide open, mouth agape. Like, he probably has the worst visual reaction. To seeing Charlie's characters, seeing Charlie's like physicality, he and so like they have this like four seconds of awkward eye contact, and the pizza delivery guy just runs away. Like he was a, like he was a he knew he shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah. And after that interaction. You see Charlie spiral. You see him throw down the first empty pizza box and, like, absolutely devour the second one. He opens up his candy drawer. He rips open a bunch, shoves as many as he can into his mouth. And, like, the reason why... That scene, the reason why I latch onto that scene so much is because that is the most relatable part of that movie to, I think, a lot of people. Even if it's not food, it's the concept of, like, I was in a good mood. I was feeling good about myself. One small five-second interaction happened, and now I cannot recover. Now I need to, like, indulge in my vices as... Hard as possible, and that's the only way I know how to make myself feel better. And watching that was like it's one of the heart sinking moments of the movie. And there are lots of moments. Like gang, we have not even scratched the surface in terms of scenes that make you feel bad for like watching.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude. I was I was while you were saying that I'm like there was more. I'm like just freaking. It just weighs on you, bro.
0: So. I know we've discussed a lot of, like, the troubling parts of this movie, but I want to bring it around full circle at the end as we cap this off because when I first saw this movie, I was, like, genuine, like, fountain of tears for, like you said, that whole final 30 minutes. and And that movie stuck with me for, like, a full 24 hours after I watched it. And I had to talk about it with, like, several people before I felt like I had gotten enough about it off my chest. And what it really boils down to is Charlie living this less-than-ideal lifestyle. But for all the negativity that he sees in himself, he doubles that in positivity to Ellie, to Liz, to other people, and... That, when I talked about in 8th grade, the idea of showing what I want to be, of showing something that is aspirational, showing something that I want to see myself grow into, that's what I saw in the whale. This unabashed, unrelenting positivity that even though I'm not okay with my life, I still want to see others do well. That was what really hooked me about like the theme of this movie. And as I walked away from seeing it the first time and again this time, knowing that even though um, Charlie ended up not getting help, Charlie dies at the end of this movie and you know he's going to die from the second you start the movie. However, when he dies, you know that he dies as happy as he can be because All of the parts of his family that he cares about are falling into place. And that was what mattered most to him. And that's why I liked it so much.
1: Yeah. Um, For me, the last 30 minutes is a lot of heavy lifting this movie. Otherwise, you're just seeing a bunch of great acting. Um, That being said, when I finish this movie, movies stick with me hard. Every single movie. I mean, I've gone on record if a movie ends badly, I have to watch another movie to stop thinking about it. This happens for every movie. Um, this one, I'm like, it's already too late. I just went and had to hug my kids. <laughs> I'm just like, I had to call them and I'd be like, okay, my relationship with my kids are great. Haven't gotten this far with their teenagers. They don't hate me. I'm still here. And I'm like, let me just freaking call. I'm, I'm using my kids as like, therapy dogs dude <laughs> just like calm me down but it's yeah super sort of,
0: good yeah so um
1: your score is gonna be higher than mine that's yes. fair this is a good movie i don't openly recommend it to everybody um and i think there are parts that it does some parts really well and does some parts okay but it is a good movie
0: so i'm at a little bit of a crossroads because i i You know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet. I got to say this movie is one of my tens because simply because of the way it like changed my emotional purview towards myself and a lot of people around me. And when a movie like I walked out of that movie and I'm like, that movie changed my life. And if a movie and if I walk out of a movie and it changes my life. Then it's gotta be up there. And I'm thinking, like, do I give it a nine? Do I give it a nine and a half? And if I'm debating if it's a nine and a half, f- it, it's a ten, okay?
1: Yeah. Um, man, I'm gonna seem like such an asshole. It's for me, it's a seven point two five. It's a straight up good movie. Yeah. But not all parts of it for me are good. Some of them were I, it was hard to tell the direction it was going sometimes. I feel like some arcs were better. Charlie's arc, awesome. Ellie's did a spike there at the end. Um, it was gradual, and then it spiked at the end. A lot but, like, of
0: her arc happens off screen, which is a yeah. little annoying.
1: And then um, I, I hated his ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. weird because like she's not a bad person, but I don't know if it was a dialogue or her acting. Something felt weird the whole time. Liz was, was awesome and then um, the kid Timothy maybe that's not it he he was weird I liked his character kind of because it's something you don't see very often but like that was just points for novelty
0: Sure um I w- so I will say that a lot of what will make this movie good or great the difference between good and great is will come down to your resonance with the subject matter because yeah. It, it does a very detailed job. It does a very respectful job. But at the end of the day, if you don't think that a deep dive into that lifestyle is um, very interesting, then, like Alex said, the thing that you're going to be clinging on is the acting for the first yeah. 45 minutes. The
1: fact that it's very believable. Um, that being said, this movie got nominated for three Oscars and won two of them.
0: Yeah. So. um
1: it's objectively a good movie it's just yeah. how good do you think it is
0: and that audience is for you to decide um but let's move on um alex what are we doing for our improv segment
1: we're doing the switch glitch bro because it's my favorite improv we do it's crazy that we only started doing it like a couple months ago because um, it's amazing it's when audience if you're new here um I talk about this all the time. It's or you,
0: Craig, and you forget segments. <laughs> right. Uh,
1: and I forget so many segments. It's when we start a scene and then about every 30 seconds we switch characters.
0: Oh my God, I forgot. Oh so my God. So we're constantly
1: watching the clock, and usually one of them has to have an accent so we know who's who or something like that. And we're constantly switching characters every 30 seconds.
0: Okay. I think we decided that 30 seconds was too short, but 45 seconds is a weird amount of math to be doing.
1: Yes. That was the and problem a- is we did 45 seconds the first time. i like, well, now when do we switch next?
0: Okay. So do we stick with 30 seconds and just assume there will be a little bit of grace period on either end? Yes. Okay. But I will up-
1: say switching characters in the middle of a sentence is so much fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. That,
1: like, I don't know. We can, yeah, we'll do 30 seconds, but with but definitely be before 40. The um, sweet spot's like 37, but I'm not doing that math.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Um, d- uh, do you have a scene?
1: Uh, I just not checked myself. <laughs>
0: I just dropped my
1: phone And knocked the wind out of myself
0: It took (laughs) me a second to process what you said (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh
1: 166 episodes now That's never happened before
0: Holy smoke (sighs) Oh my god Um, Hey, I'm starting to think that maybe that we've just done every scene possible.
1: Oh, for sure. But I think next we should do um, an EMT in the back of an ambulance with a patient. Okay. Um, And the patient doesn't want to describe what was happening, um, where they got this injury.
0: Okay. um, I want to be the patient. Sweet. First. I, First, I, so yeah, like, uh, right I, now. <laughs> I claim dibs on a character, completely forgetting the the premise of the bit. All right,
1: all right, we're about five minutes out. I need. Uh, did you? Are you? Have you taken anything?
0: Um, ooh, man, do, do you promise not to tell?
1: Now, there's a couple people you shouldn't lie to. Your doctor is one of them. You got to tell me everything.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna be honest. I did smoke a little uh, I, I had some cubans i had some cubans um i took several shots of just straight tequila
1: um i i had an adderall in all transparency um i i do have a nicotine patch because sometimes i feel like cigars don't have the buzz that they used to so there's that um you know i think i think that about wraps it up um maybe a couple things maybe i'm forgetting something or or another, but that's pretty much it. Uh, Oh, I
0: remembered what I forgot. Um, yeah, I, uh, shot up, I, I, I smoked a little crack. Um, I crushed some Vivants um, into some water and I drank it like an Alka-Seltzer. Um, I had four, four Locos, which I think is 16 Locos by that math. Um, I had two prime energy drinks. Um, and, at a certain point, I just started like rolling around in mud because I felt like that was going to do some good for me.
1: Um, I injected water a few times because I felt like I needed to flush my system. Felt like the crack was going to my head, so um, yeah, just like went to the sink, put the syringe in the in the in the water, and just mainlined it. I felt like it cleared me up, but I got the chills, so I kind of stopped doing that.
0: And then I went to the fridge and I had like some diced watermelon and I'm like, okay, so the water in my veins isn't doing good. So I'm going to put some watermelon in my stomach to like cancel it out. Um, I don't know if it really had the effect that I was looking for. Um, So I got to a point where I just started like um, bloodletting myself. I just like, um, you know... Opened up a vein and just like tried to get all the bad blood out, which is what let uh, which is what led us to here, I think.
1: Yeah. And if I start throwing up, just know that like I kind of got concerned. I was drinking all this alcohol and having all these drugs on an empty stomach, Um, but I didn't have any bread at my house. So that's not cocaine. It's actually flour. I was just eating flour. I just I had to I skipped. We didn't have any yeast. So I was just eating straight flour. I heard carbs are good for this stuff.
0: Man, you're really good at getting information out of me. I went into this ambulance like a little hesitant, but I got to say you have like a you have a very trustworthy demeanor and so like it also might be the several ADHD medications that I'm on right now that is just, I just kind of can't stop talking. And um, I want to say you're taking in all this information very well. I want to say you're looking a little pale. Um, are you doing okay? Do you, I got some more stuff if you need it. Like I, I got some pick me ups. Are you good, dude? I'm going to be on it. Hold on. Let me get a voice, dude. I'm <laughs> going to be honest. Um, I've, I've been an EMT for about seven years now and I don't know how you're alive. You went through, like, enough influences to kill, like, four people. So, I'm going to be honest. I'm taking this as a miracle.
1: Also, didn't know you're going to keep on going, so haven't been writing this down. (laughs) Usually, it's just three or four things, and you also know the amount. Um, But you just kept on talking, and now we're here. So... Uh, I guess I'll just let you out. We're going to roll you in, um, try to stay conscious, and then you're going to have to repeat this stuff to the doctor because that that was a lot of stuff.
0: Now, normally at a time like this, we would uh, you know, start you, we'd hook you up on an IV of fluids, but it sounds like you already did that at some point, so I don't know if what we do is going to be very helpful in that regard. So, um... I'm gu- I guess I'm going to have to tell the doctor to, like, come up with something else. Um, I'm going to be honest. You are the most unique patient that has come across my ambulance bed. Um, th- thanks, I guess. Um, I'm going to be honest. I kind of feel fine now. If I, really- I I think everything is, like, canceled out at this point. I'm going to be, we hit a few bumps on the road on our way over here that I think like shocked my system back into place. And I'm going to be honest, I feel pretty normal. Can I drive the ambulance back?
1: Uh, you know, on second thought, I think I, uh, I think I might've taken a suppository because uh, I feel something a little weird. Do you think uh, before we get in there, you can just take this out?
0: Um, oh, this isn't really my purview. Like that, this is kind of a thing that we let people do inside the hospital. Um, uh, uh, oh, oh, it's on its way out. It's on its way out. Oh my, oh my God.
1: Okay. Now I feel a lot better. Um, I actually don't even know how that got up in there. I don't, I don't, I don't own any and I haven't been prescribed any. So thanks a lot, man. Um, I guess I'll just walk home from here. I'm sure you guys will send me the bill. You know where I live. So take it easy. Have a good night.
0: Uh, okay. Bye. I hope we never see that guy again. Oh, my God.
1: I mean, okay.
0: Um, um, I will say, I think we forgot to switch a little bit towards the end.
1: There was a couple of times where I'm like, oh, 30 seconds is just enough time for some great exposition for one character.
0: <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so, it's was, just like
1: we let it ride.
0: I was fully ready for that bit to be us being the same character. For the entire scene,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. When we didn't have, we re- didn't really have a voice for the other guy. So I'm like, oh, what did he sound like? I started off the scene with this guy's voice. Was it just my regular voice? And then you came up with a new one. I'm like, sounds good to me. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. That was the switch glitch. I, yeah,
1: it'll be hey. back. Trust me, it'll be back.
0: Yeah. Um, but until then, I have a middle segment. Um. This is a segment called "It's Not a Phase." Now, normally the way this segment works is one host will go through the other person's various social medias and bring up the cringy posts of yesteryear. Yep. But this, but this time, I've decided to point the mirror at myself. Um, nice. So, if you did not know. Before we started the podcast in 2020, in 2019 and earlier, through 2016 through 2019, I ran a movie blog. Not a lot of posts. I think there's...
1: Oh, dude, I forgot about
0: this. There's like 12 posts total over the course of a few years. And the main purpose that this blog served by the end of the time was it was a collection of my top 10 movies from any various year. Now, I was not good at critiquing movies until mm, I would say maybe episode 50 of this podcast. So you can only imagine what uh, prepubescent Craig had to say about movies. Now, this is gonna be a little bit of an ongoing sub-series where we're gonna look through my top 10 movies of any given year, recognize how wrong I was, And maybe try to amend it with some better movies from that year. Nice. Um, So I'm putting in the general chat of the Discord the link to this specific post. um, So that way you and I can both go through it together. Now, I'm not going to read the reviews for these movies because they're bad and unnecessary. But we will go over them uninterrupted. And then we'll double back with some thoughts and try to fix it. So... These are my top 10 movies of 2017. Number 10 is Going in Style, that Zach Braff directed movie with Jeez, Michael Caine, dude. Morgan Freeman, and Alan Arkin. Number nine is Logan. Number eight okay. is The Last Jedi. Number the fact seven... that you have these
1: in order is weird because most people don't have an order. So this is throwing me Because when people put in an order, they've thought about it.
0: Oh, and I did. Um, okay but so number eight is the last Jedi. Number seven is Spider-Man homecoming. Number six is Thor Ragnarok. Number five is Hitman's bodyguard. Number four Whoa. is. Number four is Wonder Woman. Number three is baby driver. number two is gifted. and number one is the greatest showman. Now that top three, I'm gonna be honest. I stand by that top three.
1: Yeah, those are good movies.
0: However, the rest of the list is in shambles. Shambles, I'd say.
1: It's, I mean, I'm going to have to, I mean, we can just do a freaking deep dive. Because Baby Driver, great movie. I mean, I, it wouldn't be in my top 10, but is we've talked about it quite a few times on the podcast, that's freaking fire. Greatest Showman, great movie. It's not, I can understand why it would be someone's favorite movie. How Wonder Woman made your list is beyond me. And why is it so much higher than Logan?
0: Dude, I, d- okay. So I have never been an X-Men guy, I for which is weird. Like I've seen all the X-Men movies, save for like the last two, like the bad ones. But like, I had a spring break where we were doing like a long distance road trip. And so like me and my girlfriend at the time, just like watched all the X-Men movies in the car. And for some reason, like I think it was because I was 18 and I hadn't watched enough movies yet. I hadn't watched. And you know, Logan is the filmiest superhero movie aside from like Watchmen or something like that. Um, and i think that i just like did not have the cinematic vocabulary or expectations to really appreciate what logan was. And wonder woman was hey here's pretty lady swing big sword and also chris pine. Um and i think that that was just enough to satisfy my popcorn monkey brain. Um
1: okay, but these are just movies in 2017. Correct. So these are not movies of all time, is just 2017. I'm going to, while we're talking, I'm pulling up a different list. Because th- that's so
0: freaking the. Uh, and so the other movie that I wanted to talk about on this list that I understand why I put it here is Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, okay,
1: I want to know your defense of this movie.
0: So Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, Remember, I was 18 when I wrote this. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> remember, remember, remember.
0: It was one of the first like R-rated action comedies that made me laugh had cool action in it. And you have to remember this was right on the tail of Deadpool. So like Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson had a chemistry that like had not been oversaturated yet. Mm -hmm. So I think that I latched onto this movie. Not, I didn't latch onto this movie, but I remember watching it in theaters and being like, "This is a strong comedy," and I'm seeing it in theaters of my own independence. No one recommended this movie to me. I like just thought it was cool. I went and saw it, and I liked it a lot. So I think that was probably like the bigger reasons behind it.
1: Okay. There are so many movies that came out in 2017 that are way better than movies on this list. I will say in your defense, you probably hadn't seen most of them and you probably haven't seen some of them as well. Correct. Blade Runner 2049 deserves to be in the top 10. I didn't like
0: the first Blade Runner, so we'll see.
1: Okay, Molly's game, dude.
0: Molly's game is the one that like I also looked through the list of 2017, and like Molly's game is definitely one of those movies that I'm like, it would have been somewhere on this list. Like we've discussed Molly's game on this podcast. It's we had a
1: guest on and talked
0: about it. It's not a life changing movie, but like. On a list of 10. You.
1: It's better than Going in Style.
0: I have not seen Going in Style since I saw it in theaters. Um, so I have no defense for it. It was just fun. Oh, I know my defense. I like heist movies and it was a comedy. It was a heist comedy. That that That's my defense yeah. for it. <laughs> and that's
1: why there's two heist comedies on here. I mean, I guess Baby Driver's not a comedy, but also Logan Lucky came Oh, Get Out came out in 2017.
0: Yeah, I still haven't seen it.
1: <laughs> phenomenal um, movie the lego batman movie came out in 2017 that
0: would that would definitely be a movie that would have hit this list if i saw it in theaters um so like a lot of the movies that came out in 2017 that like had a high potential to be on this list if i wasn't 18 and dumb uh molly's game lego batman um shape of water i haven't seen shape of water but i feel like don't it, don't 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 i not, saw it in theaters it, it seems like my kind of movie, though. Um, oh, I Tanya, uh, Train
1: Spotting I, uh, 2, the second one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I Tanya. Uh, Ladybird. Coco. We'll talk about Ladybird. Uh, Kingsman Golden Circle, dude.
0: That's. Well, hello. Welcome to it's the like point.
1: the snub? Dude, if I had all of the money in the world, I would have bet that that was on your list.
0: And what's crazy is I saw that movie in theaters that year. So I genuinely don't. you have a review about it? Um, not here, I don't think, which is crazy. Um,
1: that dude, it's it was made
0: for you. For me, yeah. Also, it's very fun looking at You know, my blog in general. So in 2017, the only movie that I set aside time to do its own individual review. I saw this and I
1: was going to say something.
0: (laughs) Was the live action Beauty and the Beast. Crazy. Dude, I gave this movie an 8 out of 10 and it's not on my top 10 list.
1: Nuts, dude. Also, not on your top 10 list. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2.
0: I stand hold on. I stand by it. That's the weakest of the 3 and maybe the weakest of its whole phase. I do not like Volume 2 very much.
1: Okay. Hot take. Uh, I agree people don't. Uh Dunkirk.
0: We're not surprised by this.
1: Uh Atomic Blonde.
0: Um I've never seen Atomic Blonde, but this is the this is the the double-edged sword of looking through other movies that came out this year because it's been 6 years. I should have watched a lot of these movies. I just yeah, haven't. They're I just big haven't yet. movies. Yeah, yeah. like um, Lady Bird and Shape of Water. Like all these potential movies that should be on this list, I still haven't gotten around to seeing. Um, but I do want to say there are some movies that I think. Other people would put on this list that I just straight up wouldn't, like the Big Sick is one of those movies that a lot of people
1: oh yeah talk. A I lot watched about. it when that came out, and I'm like, this is okay.
0: Yeah, so there are things about this list that I stand by, and I would. I don't know if I've seen enough movies to like make a new definitive top ten of 2017. I will tell you, I could make some cuts. Thor Ragnarok cut. Wonder Woman cut going in style cut um but like some of these ones like these lower tier ones i still stand by like spider-man homecoming is fun i think it's a fun spider-man movie the last jedi i stand by from an artistic standpoint i think that movie is
1: gorgeous baby driver both stay on the list
0: gifted i mean we did it on the podcast i
1: remember being okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna I'm seeing the records and see what you gave it. But like, I felt like it was all right. I remember uh, what I gave it. You gave it a freaking 8.25. Yeah. Uh huh. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My feelings, I gave it a six and a half. That seems high. <laughs> that seems high. I mean, obviously that's accurate. Cause that's as close. I mean, I, I barely remember the movie now, but like, yikes, dude. So maybe that stays high for you. Yeah. This list uh- is crazy, bro. It's this crazy. crazy,
0: and I I ask that you not look at the rest because we're going to do the rest. Um, okay. But... I, I'm not worried about it. Oh, man. It is... Whew, it, it is um a trip. Again, I do... It's fun looking back at stuff like this because I look at that and I think... I. It's nice to see that my opinions change because if one, if my opinions are the same as they were six years ago, then I have not been taking in everything that these movies are giving me. Um, And so it is nice to go back and see like, hey, these popcorn movies like Going in Style and Hitman's Bodyguard, it's fun to be with them. And I don't want to knock those movies for being what they are. But it's nice to know that if I were to remake that list – they would not be on there. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I have um, changed.
1: It's one of those things where like, there are movies worth going to see in the movie theater just because it's an event. It doesn't need to be great for yeah. that to happen. I saw the emoji movie in theaters, which also came out during 2017.
0: So did I
1: um, saw it in theaters and I'm like, sometimes you just got to do it for the bit. And sometimes it's just fun to see a silly movie in theaters. So it yeah. doesn't need to change your life every time.
0: Uh, so um, that was my 2017 list. We're going to be going through the rest in time. Have faith. um, Alex, what are we doing for our one hit wonder?
1: Our one hit wonder is called favor, fee, or forget it. I have six scenarios of people asking you to do something for them. And I want to know if you're going to do it for them as a favor, just for free. Do it for a fee. Like you need something. You need to either get paid. You need to be compensated. Money, money. There needs to be an exchange of something you're not doing it for free or forget it. You're just, it's not happening. You're going to, I want you to walk me through your mindset. These are six scenarios. Um, and they're going to get progressively more detailed. I'm gonna give you more and more backstory. So in the beginning, I'll let you fill in the blanks where you want. Towards the end, I'm giving you pretty much all the information you need. Okay. So you can pick any of the three. They can all be favor. If you want, you can all be fee or You can do none of them, but I just want to, you walk me through your mindset. So the first scenario, you have a cousin who lives an hour away who wants you to come out and help them move.
0: Um, That one's definitely who my gut reaction is just forget it.
1: Okay. I will um, say these are going to be easier and easier to do forget it. So you might be forgetting every single one. That's fine. So, I just so want you to get in that headspace.
0: I would do it for a fee. It would Like paying not- for
1: your gas maybe.
0: Ooh, it'd be more than that. Okay, Um, okay.
1: It's an hour, yeah. Hour there, help them move, whatever, drive to their new house, and then you have to drive back to your place.
0: I would try to do forget it, but say like my mom is like, no, you should do it. I'm going to be like, okay, fine. I'll do it for a price.
1: Okay. Do you have an idea what that price would be, Craig? Um... Ballpark I, it for me.
0: I'm definitely carpooling with somebody else that's going. Um, okay, but here's the thing: I don't want to be the only one that's getting paid. That is such yeah. a douchebag move. <laughs> You're in
1: the car. It's you, Andrew, you and your dad. You're the only one who's getting compensated.
0: <laughs> Counting through a few twenties, um, I would have, I would have to have somebody there to make the experience enjoyable. Um, so it would be fee. Um, but yeah, okay. l- yeah, I'm just going to say feet make things simple. <laughs> okay.
1: Your mom's friend who you've never met is getting remarried. They don't have any young children in their family. Your mom is a bridesmaid in this wedding and asks if your son can be the ring bearer. You're, you were not invited before this happened. You have never met this person but this person doesn't have any there's no kids in their life they don't have any they don't have any grandkids they don't have any grandnieces or whatever so they're just like hey we want to have a ring bearer we don't have any kids you're in our bridal party do you have anyone in your family like actually i have a grandson let me ask his dad craig to see if he can be a ring bearer
0: if it is my mom's friend that i've never met that's a forget it i'm sorry i like <laughs> this is I, I, and it's not because i don't want to be helpful let, but like i feel like that specifically is one of those scenarios where you can do without like and you I can mean, also find your own solution like
1: you can get creative you can have an adult person be the ring bearer or the flower girl or whatever it can or you can just not do it people have had dogs do it
0: because if it's a wedding that's a whole day. That's a whole yeah. day. And, and you
1: got to take your kid there. Your ki- yeah. It's not they're not asking a favor of you. They're asking a favor of you and a child.
0: And let's be clear. They're not asking a favor of me. They're asking a favor of my kid. But guess what? My kid can't do anything independently. Yeah. Also,
1: <laughs> they'll, the kid has to do whatever, everything you tell him to. So the kid, this is kind of you're going to ask this kid. I don't know how old your son is, Um, but you're going to be like, hey, do you want to do this? And I'm going to have to hold you to this five months out.
0: <laughs> Here's the answer is I would do it. So I'm adding stipulations. If I'm sure. involved, forget it. If grandma's okay. taking care of everything, favor. Hey, if my mom's coming to pick my son up at 8 a.m. And I don't have to worry Renting about the getting the tux. Yeah. I don't have to worry about getting him ready. I don't have to worry about when he's coming back. It is all in my mom's hands then sure favor but as soon as they're like oh you should come to the wedding then forget it okay
1: your coworker listens to our podcast we've inspired them to start their own podcast however they want to do a test run before they commit they want you to walk them through the process which includes doing a pilot recording on your equipment you showing them how you edit on their podcast and then you show them how to put it on a hosting site
0: that i do as a favor what a
1: gangster dude be like, come over to my house. You can record on my equipment. I'll show you how to edit it, and then I'll show you how to host it. Yeah, what a freaking gangster. Okay, next one.
0: I want to say I maybe wouldn't have them over to my apartment because I don't know if that would be as helpful. But like, but if like, it's co-
1: I'll meet you somewhere. With I'll bring my equipment,
0: or even and we'll like, do- or even like, we'll just hop on Discord. You know, it's okay if your equipment isn't very good. But the
1: stipulation of this is they want to know what it feels like to have a real podcast because they're going to buy their own equipment. They want to know if they take it as seriously as you take it. What would it be like?
0: Uh, I'd probably still do that as a favor. What? Wow, man.
1: Okay. Your neighbor's parents are moving across the country and they are unable to find a babysitter to watch their kids um, while they go to a farewell dinner. They come to you just next door. To watch the kids just for that night and assure you they won't be gone for longer than a few hours. The kids are two and three, and they're currently sleeping. It's nighttime.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I I guess I'd, I would do it for a fee, probably. Yeah, I'd do it for a fee, because that's just babysitting. If I'm going to babysit, give me 50 bucks.
1: It's just babysitting, last moment, two young kids, but right now they're sleeping. Yeah. And, and you don't know them very well, because they're just your neighbors.
0: Yeah, I'd probably do it for a fee.
1: Okay. Two more left. An old friend from high school who you haven't hung out with since graduation is coming to town to surprise their girlfriend. Their girlfriend happens to be going to the same college as you, um, so they're flying in from far away. It's just a coincidence that you're in the same town. They would like you to pick them up from the airport and take them to their girlfriend's apartment to surprise them. You do not have plans at the time, but it's a 45-minute drive to the airport. And the flight lands at 7 a.m. Um,
0: one an is an old
1: friend from high school you haven't hung out with since graduation.
0: Oh. Whew. I'm thinking of who those people are. And I'm trying to think.
1: And they're, they're only asking you because you just happen to live in Virginia and go into the same college as their girlfriend. So they're like, well, who do I know who can take me there because I can't ask them
0: if i still think this person is cool i would do it for a fee just like hey if you want to like buy me lunch on the way back or something like that then i'd probably do it for a fee but they have to be a cool friend from high school um yeah like I, i wouldn't do it for everybody but like i can think of like a half dozen people that i'd probably do that for okay
1: Everyone else would be forget it. Hey, man, you got to get it. Yeah, neighbor. I know it's far, but come on. All right. Last one. You have a good friend you talk to a few times a year, but they're always busy and they live 30 minutes away. So you can't see them all the time. You try to reach out to them to set up a hangout, but they end up flaking a day or two before or they just postpone once or twice until it finally works out. This person has a sick roommate and is asking all of their friends to prepare a meal and deliver it for him. They want it to be homemade because they're tired of DoorDash and delivery. It is up to you whether or not you want to stay and eat the meal with them.
0: Okay, this one is hyper-specific.
1: Um, yes. It's a person you talk to a few times a year. You want to talk to them more, but schedules don't line up. They postpone, they flake, whatever. And this meal is to take care of their sick roommate Then who lives 30 minutes uh,
0: away. I'm going to say forget it for multiple reasons. Um, if they are always the reason that, that the plans fall through, then... I'm not going to go out of my way for someone that is adjacent to them.
1: Okay. That's fair.
0: And two is I'm not much of a cook to begin with. So if they're like, hey, if you can make a dish and bring it, I'm like. "Be like, how good's
1: your casserole game?
0: Like I I have some frozen ravioli that I can cook and then put in like some Tupperware. Like that's the best I can offer. And I don't think that's good enough for me to drive 30 minutes.
1: (laughs) Okay. Just so, Forget it, dude. Yeah, yeah. It, it
0: It's not worth my time, and I'm going to be honest, it's not going to be worth your time at the end of the day. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> that was favor fee, forget it. we got to hear Craig's take on a bunch of stuff. I'm interested to see what you guys would do in these scenarios. Like, are we crazy? Are we just, also, are we pushovers? Should we be forgetting all of this stuff?
0: <laughs>
1: or are we jerks, and should we have done all of this stuff For free, no questions asked. Let us know.
0: Yeah. It's been a long time since I've helped someone that's not me move. And I learned I have a time limit when it comes to stuff like that. Um, I think my time limit is like, if I'm helping you move for more than four hours, I either got to be dating you or I'm getting something out of this.
1: (laughs) Dude, If can you imagine helping someone move and there's no food? Yeah. That's th- cri- I don't care if I'm there for 30 minutes, dude. There better be <laughs> snacks at least. You don't have to order pizza, although that is I mean that's everyone's go-to. There has to be something.
0: Yeah. I have put the table in the U-Haul. I would like a beer, please.
1: Yeah. Like what? Like and you don't even need to give me gas money, but I need to live. So. Wild, dude. Wild.
0: For free balling. Let's I'm
1: I came loaded. Okay,
0: let's talk about the heavy one first. Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's latest epic, um, Bobby De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, Three and a Half Hours. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're unfamiliar, this is based on real events and a book of the same name that depicts these events where, um, where the Osage native tribe discovers a bunch of oil. And they have land rights to that oil. A bunch of white people move into the area, marry the native women. So when they and their family members die, the, uh, the, the white man now has legal rights to the oil of the property. So it was this whole like scheme to effectively take more land rights away from the Osage people. And... There were a specific diabolical group of people that would go out of their way to kill these native people, so their so didn't wives wait till they died. Yeah, and so their wives would inherit more of that land property. Jeez, um, dude, it's one of those things where
1: is this based off a true story?
0: Yes, it is. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's one of those movies that you walk away from and you're like, I didn't know white people could get more evil. Um, but this movie justifies its three and a half hour runtime. Like, I'm sure you could cut some stuff to make it 315 or 310 and still have it be the same movie. But at that point, who cares? Um, yeah. But what I really like about this movie is. With its dense... With its long runtime and dense subject material, you walk away and, like, I feel like I have lived an entire life watching this movie. Because you follow Leonardo DiCaprio's character. I don't know how old he's supposed... Like, it's like a 15, 20-year time period that this movie takes place over. Um, And you... Feel it when you walk out of that theater. You're like, I feel like I experienced an entire act of a man's life. Oh my
1: gosh! It's like when you wake up from a dream and you're like, Wait a second, that was all a lie. I'm back to where I was. This is like when the kids left left Narnia. They stepped out of the wardrobe and like, Wait a second, we're kids again. We were kings.
0: But like, I say that as a praise of this movie because. In order to make somebody feel like that and not resent it is a true testament to the script, the performances, and the direction. If right. one of those three things falters, then the entire runtime is not justified. Um, I want to say the the glue of this movie is Lily Gladstone.
1: I've heard that from a lot of people.
0: Um, Brendan Fraser was the person that I championed, you know, for the 2023 Oscar. Um, Lily Gladstone is who I am championing for the 2024 Oscar. If she does not win, I riot. Um, Oh, wow. Because she is so effortlessly charming. The first 30 minutes of this movie is Leonardo DiCaprio's character trying to woo and seduce Lily Gladstone's character. Um... And
1: Under false pretenses, like it's obvious.
0: It's like fifty-fifty. Okay. Um, because Leonardo DiCaprio's character has several lines where he's like, "I really do love her. I want the money, but I do also love her." Um,
1: you're like, I guess that's good enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the way Lily Gladstone plays that character, every time that she talks, I'm like, I fall in love with her too. I get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude.
0: It's just like a natural charisma that does not require her to speak a lot cuz normally charisma comes from saying the right things for her it is knowing when to speak and she does that so effortlessly um like i said this movie is a grand epic that tells an entire tale and i did not regret a single minute of it wow. and it, it 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 is just it is just money across the board um i think that there are some performances like i a lot of people were saying to the lead up to this movie that Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro both give the performances of their career.
1: Yeah, that's what I heard. Eh. I heard less so of De Niro, more so of DiCaprio. That so this is as good as it gets. Eh.
0: You know, wow. I wouldn't say performance of their careers, um, but like it's up there. But pretty good. Yeah, but pretty good. Yeah, like it's not a genuine knock. I'm just saying everybody. They were in you some. Know,
1: g- they were in some good stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, So I think I would probably give this movie an eight and a half.
1: Well, I have to see it.
0: Yeah, you gotta. If you are a Scorsese guy...
1: And you're not, and you're giving it an eight and a half.
0: Yeah, this movie, I would be surprised. I would not be surprised if this is in people's top three Scorseses for the rest of time.
1: This movie... What's another movie that before this movie came out? Oh, Departed. a lot of people oh. said this is the movie. Oppenheimer had a lot of stuff on lock until this movie came out.
0: Correct. The and
1: now o- it's competing with everything.
0: So I still think Killian Murphy deserves that Oscar a hundred times over before okay. Leo does for this. Um, but yeah, I would say cinematography and yeah, practical cinematography, effects, directing and lead acting are probably all gonna stay in Oppenheimer, but everything else is gonna be a fighting tooth and nail.
1: Oh dude. I think it's just gonna be, yeah, between the two of them. Just back and forth, back and forth. What you got? Um, I watched Lady Bird, bro.
0: Oh, all right.
1: I actually watched it. I've I'm sticking this month mostly to A24 because I'm like, this is the month that we're knocking all this stuff out. So I'm I'm grinding through A24's catalog. Um I watched Lady Bird. It's not for me. It's good just like i'm not the demo you know um it's about a girl who goes by ladybird her name is christine but she's like why do i our parents picked our names before they knew us like why can't we pick our own names that's weird um she's 17 she's trying to get into college and she lives in sacramento trying to get into college on the east coast um she has a tumultuous Relationship with her mom to say the least. Um, but she's also like navigating senior year as a high schooler. Like making friends. Deciding who she's going to continue to be friends with when she goes to college. Boyfriends. Timothy Chalamet's in this movie. He plays one of her boyfriends. She starts doing theater. Starts dating a guy in theater. Um, it's just like. It's very eighth grade but with high school. Like you got a weird quirky kid. Stuff going on at home. You get to see stuff that you would actually see in high school and how they interact. It's uh, just through the lens of not only is it in the lens of a woman or a girl, I guess, because she's I don't know. of a, yeah. Of a girl who and I can't really relate with that. It's also through one who's like real quirky. So, like, I mean, she did theater, so you can kind of see it. But that's like not the main point of the movie. She just did theater because she's like, let me just try something new. We, you would have been friends with this girl in high school. I would have known about her because she was friends with you, but I would not have been friends with her. If that makes sense?
0: Yeah. Have you seen um, any of the other Greta Gerwig movies?
1: Uh, n- I mean, the other one that comes to mind is Barbie
0: and Little Women.
1: And Little Women? No, then I haven't.
0: Okay. Um. So I have seen the other two. She has like another directorial movie from like two 2000- thousand or 2012 mm-hmm. but a lot of people consider like they Greta Gerwig big three being Lady As Bird, Lady Bird little, little Women and Barbie, and Barbie. yeah that's so yeah um I am interested in Lady Bird because I think it is the one out of the three that I would like the most yeah um,
1: I can tell you it I mean it takes place in 2002 but I'm like dude this is right up your alley but you dig
0: it. because Little Women um I liked it, but, like, I didn't care for the source material very much. So, like, it, it, watching Little Women was like, this is the best version of this source material. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that Greta Gerwig is good at doing that, you know, because, like, the same thing happened with Barbie, where it's like, I don't know how you can make this kind of movie better than how you did it. And right. I'm going to say, um, with Barbie – um, a lot of Greta Gerwig, like behind the scenes interviews have been floating around on TikTok. Um, I could listen to Greta Gerwig, talk about movies forever.
1: I'm going to have to look her up now, dude.
0: She's one of those people that's just like the way she talks. You can tell she is so passionate about, um, the human like experience. Making? Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, how movies, um, represent humanity. And, like, mm-hmm. how we use movies to express life. And, you know, so it's okay to live in the concepts of movies because movies are made to reflect life. It's kind of right. her vibe. You know, I'm not quoting It comes her.
1: off in this movie, dude, hard. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, and I so mean, just
0: every time she talks, it's like I could listen to her talk for hours. It's, um,
1: uh, this is obviously a good movie it's not for me. It got nominated for 5 Oscars. Um Yeah.
0: It put Timothy Chalamet on the map.
1: Yeah, he plays her second boyfriend. It's just like oh uh, yeah, it's a good movie. I'm giving it a f- 675. Okay. Um Craig, you're going to love this movie.
0: <laughs> I should watch it soon then.
1: Yeah, you um, should watch it.
0: Um I want to knock two out real quick. I watched um The Guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um I know oh, that Oh, you- dude, great movie. Um good movie. Um <laughs> yeah I said movie. great <laughs> meant good. Um that movie is really cool when it's not trying to be a movie. Um when he so it's it's a movie about a 911 operator. Long story. It's he's a 911 operator that's all you need to care about. Um yep. <laughs> and yeah. And he is on the phone with someone who gets abducted and s- He is trying to work with the other departments of emergency services to find this woman. And basically, it's watching him yell into a headset to overcome these red tape obstacles to try to save this girl's life. Um, It becomes a lot more than that. There are plot twists along the way. But every now and then, the movie's going to be like, what about the backstory of this 911 operator? And I'm yeah. like, I couldn't care less. Dude, he you just like, reminded
1: me of that. As soon as you corrected me and said it's a good movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on when he's not on the phone.
0: And I understand that the purpose of that is to like break the tension, but also add more tension because you're also waiting for more phone calls to update you. On what's going on with this girl? I'm not saying they didn't serve a purpose. I'm saying I wanted to watch him yell into a headset. Yeah, dude, that's
1: not what we were there for. The fact that he,
0: Jake Gyllenhaal, is so good at. Exactly what you were gonna say. He's so good at yelling.
1: Yes, it's. I'm like, do you know how good you have to be where you just talking on the phone is captivating, and we're like, we don't need to see anything else. Just keep him on the phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. Jake Gyllenhaal is like one of those sleeper actors where like you don't think of him when you think of, oh, who are my favorite actors? But then whenever I see him in something, I'm like, yeah, you go, Jake Gyllenhaal. You deserve yeah, to keep that scarf. Um, and the other one I want to hit real quick is I saw the Marvels. Um, okay.
1: I don't know. I'm if interested you. if you... I've only seen how the Internet responded.
0: I don't know if you can tell by the everything about me, but I am a Captain Marvel <laughs> defender to the day I die, babe. Um, so you could expect that I would have had a positive reaction to the Marvels. Yes. And I did that movie rules. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say the object, I'm going to say objective, but like the more broad reasons why I think this movie succeeds. And it's because it's not trying too hard. This movie knows what it is. It is a sequel to Captain Marvel, and we're showing Miss Marvel on the big screen. That's all we need. And you know what? That's all it does. Um, the fight scenes are really cool. Also, a lot of people complain about Marvel CGI. You can't tell on this one. This one, has, this one's good. Gotcha. Um, this one stays within its limits. Um, and it's an hour 45. It's not a long movie. So they accomplish a lot of character stuff. Um, Carol Danvers is much more dynamic in this movie as a character. And I just love Brie Larson as an actress and she kills it. Um, mm-hmm. Amon Valani, who plays Miss Marvel has a very contagious energy and whenever she gets excited, I am also excited. Um, and the costumes are sick. I love them a lot. The action scenes are exactly what you want them to be. It's a bunch of people flying through space and shooting photon bolts at each other. What more could you ask for? Nice. Um, and also, there's a musical number, like, <laughs> like just like a straight up musical number. Oh, jeez. Um, so, um, this is, I went into this fully expecting this to be the last MCU project I cared about, um, I would follow Amon Valani and Kamala Khan to the ends of the earth. Um, whatever they do, I'm cool with it. So um, I would give it, you know, as far as MCU movies go, like seven and a half. I like this one a lot.
1: Okay, I'll do two more. Uh, following up Brie Larson with some more Brie Larson. I'll watch Room. Yes. Another A24 movie. Had uh, to split it into two. Uh,
0: yep, yeah, don't blame you. B-
1: because... Um, the end, the middle of the second act is so nerve wracking. I'm like, if I'm going to sleep tonight, we have to stop. Cause if this gets worse, I'm going to, I'm going to have some problems, dude. This also goes back to like the kids stuff. Anytime like young kids are involved, any kids, especially, but young kids, I'm like, my tolerance goes down significantly. And the whole premise of this movie is a woman was kidnapped at 17. She's been held captive for seven years and sexually assaulted every single day. And two years in, she gets pregnant and has a son who is now five years old when this is taking place. He has never been outside. They're being held captive in the dude's backyard in a shed. Um, there is a bathtub, some cooking elements, and one bed. And a skylight, and he doesn't know anything outside of the room. Um, this movie is like hard to watch, dude. Just straight up hard to watch. I, it made me so uncomfortable. Parts they don't really show a lot of things. You're really viewing this through the lens of the son, uh, whose name is Jack. Um, it's an eight-year-old playing a five-year-old, and it's very believable. Yeah, um,
0: it's it's um, Jacob Tremblow is the actor for that, by the way.
1: Yeah. You, people would know him. He's been in a bunch of others. He's a good actor. This is not his first movie. Like he knows what he's doing. Um, he's in wonder with, um, Owen Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Um, he's very good. Brie Larson won an Oscar for this. Um, it's so freaking uncomfortable, dude. And you're seeing it through his lens. So you don't get to see anything super explicit, but like, we know what's going on. He doesn't.
0: So. The real crux of this movie is spoiler: they eventually get out of the room, and watching this small boy adjust from "oh, TV is magic" and um, "the skylight leads to nothing," like these animals lies, are straight up imaginary. These lies that he was told, because if he knew that the rest of the world existed, he wouldn't survive in this room, um, and so. Watching that reality get shattered and replaced with the a genuine better reality. But he just like refuses to accept it and has difficulty um, understanding this big change in his life. Um, so that's what makes it so tough is you just your heart is breaking for this boy who like it's going to get worse before it gets better.
1: Right. Well, my thing is, I felt bad for them when they were in the room. And then I was excited when they left. But Bree's character, Ma, who just gets referred to as Ma the whole time. Um dude, when they get out, she has a full-on breakdown, which is warranted. Yeah. She's on national news getting interviewed and someone asked her the question, uh when you were pregnant, why didn't you ask him to take him to the take the kid to the hospital? Cuz like they could have he could have lived outside and had a real life, but instead you kept them in there with you. Like why would you do that to him? And then um she didn't respond well to that. Yeah. And and to be honest, I didn't think about that until the reporter asked that. And I'm like, wow, I would also not respond well to that. Um, and then the whole movie, you're like watching it go through a breakdown and then come back. And I'm like, holy smokes. This movie is just a lot. It's very heavy. It's incredible. Yeah. Watching, um,
0: a- watching literal victim blaming is tough. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, oh. Dude, there was a couple of scenes in the movie that were like a... When he tells when he's when the kid interacts with his grandma, who just is genuinely just glad his daughter her daughter has reappeared and she, now she has a grandkid, it was um, incredible. This movie is like an eight or a nine for me. Yeah, I, like I would say like an eight and a half. Uh, it's crazy. Watched another A twenty four movie, mid nineties, written directed by um freaking Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Dude, this movie slaps.
0: Oh my God.
1: A lot of people think this movie is boring, dude. I was just like this. Okay. So this is the opposite of lady bird. This is very, for a very specific demographic. Yeah. It is also freaking 65% film. I would say more. (laughs) It's, it's not more than 70. It's on the, it's on the edge, but it's definitely has some movie elements into it, but it's all just freaking boys in the nineties, bro. And it's young. He's like 13 and he's hanging out with older teenagers. Freaking loved it, dude. I didn't, I thought I was like, oh great, this movie's gonna be boring. Um, because I think this is Jonah's writing and directing debut. And I'm like, this movie's gonna be this is what happens when you give an actor any artistic leeway. They just try to make their masterpiece and it's way too filmy. This was freaking so good. <laughs> I it loved it dude and I laughed out loud for a few parts and there's parts that were hard to watch and some of it was just real life and I dug it dude I didn't know I was going to like it this much and I freaking loved this movie Um, it's an 8 for me man I, it's literally just 13 year old boy tries to fit in with a group can't find a f- group to fit in with has an older brother that beats the crap out of him he's 13 his brother's like 17 or 18 beats the crap out of him it's just the two of them raised by a single mom and he joins a group of skateboarders that's the entire movie whole thing takes place in like 1994 it's freaking fire i liked it it's rated off for a reason though um and this is not craig's kind of movie this is my kind of movie and i don't know who i recommend this movie to so don't watch it probably i think most people won't like it but this is right up my this hit all the freaking check marks
0: bro i could go into why i don't like this movie I haven't seen it in four years, so I don't have all the facts, just the feelings, and we don't have time. I don't care.
1: We're um, going to talk about this offline. Not on the podcast. We're talking about this.
0: <laughs> okay, sure.
1: I also have another movie, but we've been recording for a while now. Yeah,
0: this I'll episode's going to be longer than our actual catch-up episode, but such is life. Um, Alex, what are we watching next week?
1: We're watching After Sun. Yeah. Don't know anything about it.
0: I'm going to keep Also, it's our last
1: that- A24 movie. Also- Shout out. Um, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Like, I hope you spent time with your family. You didn't get too much trauma from them asking all these ridiculous questions and finding out your family doesn't actually know you. Um, hope you got to see some cool nieces and nephews. I miss mine. But uh, Whoa. Okay. They, yeah. Let's get, let's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I know all the people that listen to this for the most part. Like, we know these people. I miss my family. I miss your family. Um, but I got to do this one with my immediate family, my wife and my kids. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Um, after sun, I think
0: this I got. Week. I think I got to start charging you for personal messages, man.
1: Like, dude, I have to. We had to do more shoutouts. We because <laughs> you know what would happen if the people that knew us were just like, ah, this podcast is boring. We'd have fifteen listeners. Like, if your coworkers didn't listen to our podcast anymore, yeah, guys, I know you listen to the podcast. Call me anytime you want. If you want to? I'll I'll give you autographs if you want. We're gonna come out with merch, and I expect you guys to buy it. You like only half of our listeners have money, so. I have very,
0: (laughs) very rarely do I feel like I lose control of the podcast. I feel like I also just realized that Thanksgiving is right
1: after this episode. Stop it. Not before. (laughs) So I hope you all have a good Thanksgiving. There you go.
0: This is the second week in a row. I have lost the plot entirely. Last week Alec goes on for twenty minutes talking about enemy. This week I can't get him to shut up about a date that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Guys, I don't know what's going on anymore. Um
1: Oh man, they love us though.
0: But until That's then, okay, mm-hmm. hey, until then, and until then I'm gonna I'm oh Alex Good, God.
1: aka Alex Good.
0: I'm I'm logging off. <laughs> See you next. Have fun, be safe and make good choices. See you next week.
1: Deuces.